Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. I want to invite Moffat up. This is Moffat, and um, Moffat is a mentor in my life. Whenever he says, hey, I'm in town, and there's any possibility I could have him speak, it's like, please. So um, there's so much I could share, but I just want to share this little picture that will help you to understand the kind of man that he and Doreen are. Um, Moffat grew up uh, not going to school because he didn't have the money to go to school. So he taught himself to read by grabbing um, food labels that were thrown out, and he would copy the letters and write them in the dirt. And so that's where it started. And uh, then fast-forwarding, he and his wife uh, were in a Bible study together, and the Lord put it on his heart. And he's like, oh, no, i got to tell Doreen. And then he goes, Doreen, I have something to tell you. She goes, no, I need to tell you something first. And the Lord had told him the same thing at the same time. You're going to start a university. Yeah, right. Like, what if right now the Lord told you you're going to start a university in Africa? You have no money, but you're going to start one. But when the Lord says something needs to be done, then you do it because he's going to make it happen. And so right now, I'll let him tell you more about it. But there's Northrise University in Indola and Zambia. And there are over 600 students that are enrolled. And Zambia is being changed um, because God called them. God did the work, and they followed, and I can't wait for you to hear whatever he's going to share. Because I don't even ask him what you're going to share about. I just say, just talk, because I know it'll be good. Moffat the prophet. So let me pray for him. (laughs) Father, uh, we are here, just like Moffat and Doreen at that Bible study. We are here to listen to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please welcome Moffat. Good morning. I didn't hear you. Good morning. morning. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. You know, when you are singing, give me Jesus, you can have all of this world. It was coming from my heart. That's my prayer. That all of us will say, give me Jesus. You might be so busy in your life. You have replaced Jesus with surfing. You might be so busy in your life, you have, you have replaced your work with Jesus. I want us to reflect this morning what it means for us to be vessels of honor, useful for our master. Do you come to church just for the sake of meeting others? Or are you here truly? For Jesus. He will change your life if you are serious. Cleanse yourself before him. And as I read the passage of scripture, and I won't do justice to it, because there is more to it. I want to read the passage of scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 to 26. <clears throat> Paul has mentored Timothy. 
and he has some things to say to him so that Timothy can continue pastoring the church. Timothy can continue to uphold. It's not me. I'm just preaching. So that Timothy can continue building the church. Here are the words of Paul to Timothy. He says, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter, which is the wood and the clay, will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful for the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in their hope who grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. When I was growing up, my older brother brought me up. We had a cabinet where he kept those lovely plates and the silver, fork, and knives for the use when guests come. That's when we could use them. No guests, they were there. Clean and tied. Paul, as he writes to Timothy, I want us to look at three things. What he's saying to us, to you and me. What it means to be the vessel of honor. Someone who's useful for the master. A vessel is a container. It's a picture of a great house, as he says in Timothy. It's the picture of the church. And we are all vessels of God. God has put something in our hearts so that we become vessels of honor. Vessel basically means a thing and it usually refers to any sort of item that's meant to contain something else. You as a vessel 
What have you put in in your life? What is in you? Have you suppressed the word of God? I know. It's much madness now in America. You religiously attend to that than to what Paul is encouraging Timothy. We gravitate towards that. Think about it. The yearning you have to watch Kentucky beat Wisconsin. Think of, replace that yearning for the Lord. You look forward to the much madness. But it's a daily thing for you because you are the vessel of honor. You know, when we go to churches, we visit friends, the tough time they have is for people to volunteer, to sign up. People are so busy. In other ways, they have more important things to do in their lives than really to serve. Do you serve in this church? Are you the vessel of, of honor? Are you useful for your master? Or for you, you come to church when the weather is good. If it's a little bit cloudy, you sleep in. But we don't do that for the much madness, do we? Come rain or heat, we plow through that. But that's just a temporal excitement. Because Kentucky can be beaten. You know, Yukon can be beaten. But this is something eternal. You and me are vessels of honor. What does it mean for us to serve the Lord? And Paul suggests one way we can serve the Lord. He says, cleanse yourself. Everyone who cleanses himself from the vessels of dishonor will be a vessel of honor. In other words, this is not talking about salvation. Salvation is a done deal because we don't start it. God starts it. We sang this morning, his kindness leads me to repentance. So the repentance we have, it's not because we've manufactured it. It's because of his kindness. And now when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you know, Paul now uses this term, this phrase, to cleanse ourselves. There are so many ways we can cleanse ourselves as Christians. We can read the Bible daily. Every morning. You know, the way we yearn for breakfast. There are some people, religiously, they can't go out without breakfast. Thank God for breakfast. But you yearn for that. You go to bed. Your mind, you know, I've learned that when you go to bed, the thing you end up with, you wake up with it. 
So if you quarreled with your, for those who are married, if you quarreled with your husband or your wife, early morning you come out bitter with the same things. If you cleanse yourself before you went to bed, you read the word of God and you prayed, you are going to wake up with the same thought. So we can cleanse ourselves through studying God's word. We can cleanse ourselves through service. Service here, there are so many people, so many people who don't know the Lord. And by the way, you should have your statistics along the coastline of California. There are less than 10% Christians. The beach has 90%. Everyone, it's the waters. Moffat, can't you get it? It's about the ocean. Let the ocean remind us that we need to serve the Lord. He's so big. He created the ocean. Serve him. Serve him. As we serve one another, we serve in this church. I want you to know you, you have, you know, what we are terming, you'll be, it's good busy. Not your own busy or busyness. But there's this good busy. Being busy for the Lord. Cleanse yourself. You can cleanse yourself through prayer. Pray for one another. Praying for our church. Praying for what is going on. You don't just show up on Easter. Because people tend to forget about you. You become a new person on Easter. Because Easter, we are reaching out to others. We are proclaiming that Jesus is alive. It's a new beginning for many. But Paul encourages Timothy. He says, uh, cleanse, cleanse yourselves. The third point, every vessel of honor is blessed. Now, this is, this is not uh, uh, saying every vessel of, you know, of honor is loaded with money. No. Blessing is more than silver and gold. It's more. You are blessed with time. You are blessed with life. You are blessed with so many things in this life. Let me suggest three things you know, we are blessed with. The first blessing is that of being, the theological word, sanctified. Break down that word, set apart for our master. It means you are set apart for who? For Jesus. Him alone. Is our master. Him alone we can serve. 
and it can mean to be consecrated. In other words, you know, to be there all the time, 24-7, serving the Lord. And the other word we use is holy. Holy is not a spooky word. It's not like, ooh, someone is holy. You know, break it down, it means set apart. You are holy. You are set apart for your master. Not any other thing. And for you here, you know, in the village, it's much better because not many things scream at you. You have uh, trees and animals, and you respect each other's territory. You know, I can't go thus far. I will remain in my village. For you, there are so many things screaming at you. You have the water. You have the boats. You have the nightclubs. You have the good living. You have the shopping. You name it. I can list all those things. They scream at you. You have the iPhones. I love iPhones. It's the best in the world. Don't you think so? You can do like, you know, my friend did. You know, he uses it for as vessels of honor. He can have announcements. You can have your Bible on your iPhone. It's the same as iPad. I know uh, it says I, I. It's not selfish. <laughs> but friends, the first thing, vessels of honor is blessed because we are sanctified, we are set apart. You, this is your time, branches, to reach out to your folks around here. We parked on a wrong place, the big parking lot. You see so many people. They are busy because the ocean is calling them. Get busy as they are being busy there. Witness to them. Don't be scared of talking about Jesus. He's our source. He's our life. The second blessing we have is that of being useful for the master. You are set apart. And Paul here tells Timothy, being useful for the master. It's not just a matter of being set apart for something special that makes makes being a vessel of honor such a blessing. It is who we are being set apart for. Jesus is the master of this great house. Useful for our master. Are you useful for Jesus? Is Jesus counting on you that you continue being useful? Or the leaders here have to plead with you. Will you come? They will plead with you. Will you serve? Are you useful for your master? You know, when you take 24-7, every day, Monday to Sunday, you know, do, do math. How many times are you saving yourself 
and serving God. Once you conclude, you will know whether you are useful for the master or not. We might be here. We might pretend all of us to be Christians. But are you really a Christian? Are you useful for the master? Friends, I have news for you. This is not just a, a game. Christianity is not just a game. It's not just putting up an image. This is about the one who created us. Being useful for him. Our master. So that's the second blessing. The third blessing is that we are vessels of honor. We are prepared for every good work. Every good work. We can't manufacture every good work. You know, Paul writes to the Ephesians, you know, in chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For we are his workmanship, created what? For good works before the foundations of the world. You can't manufacture those works which God has for you. But you have to be prepared for every good work. Every good work. It's a great matter of God's grace that we don't have to go out and prepare all these good works. But we know God created us for those good works and we can walk in them. We can walk in them. Are you doing good work to the community? Are you doing good work to your family? Are you doing good work to your friends? Or it's business as usual? We are set apart. We need to be useful for the master. We need to be prepared for good work. You know, we have a phrase. We normally say, you live a Christian life as though Christ is coming tonight. And you plan as though you come for the next hundred years. You have to have that tension. You live as though he's coming tonight. In other ways, because you don't know when you die, you don't know when you die whether you have time to confess all those sins. You know, you are in ICU and say, oh Lord, you know, I, I, I got money from that one, I stole that one, forgive me. for." You have no idea. No wonder you need to live now a sanctified life as though Christ is coming tonight. And when you have that agency in your life, you are going to be really a good vessel for honor to the Lord. God wants us to make sure our lives count here on earth. God gives us a great invitation to these two verses. In his great house, there are only two sorts of vessels, Vessels of honorable purposes 
and vessels of dishonorable. Where do we belong? You can raise up your hand in your heart. I won't see it. Only the Lord will see it. We know where we belong. We know who we are. We know how we are saving our master. Let's be vessels for Christ's honorable purposes. By his help, let's thoroughly cleanse ourselves from that which is dishonorable. Let's all allow the Spirit of God to search out in us anything that remains of sin, impurity. We devote ourselves to Christ. Him alone. And my prayer is that we'll do just that. May the Lord bless his word. And I pray that you and me will continue following Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We pray that, God, you use us as vessels of honor. May your name be glorified in our lives. May you be the God we long for. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, we're a little sneaky here, so we got the band. No, no, you're not going anywhere. So I'm glad you guys are in place, but you guys need to take a seat. Because I figured if we've got Moffat here, I said, Moffat, I want to give some time for you to answer questions from the people. So um, I'm going to ask a question while you guys are getting ready. So Moffat, uh, this is my question for you before one pops into my phone, my iPhone, me phone. Um, you talked about being a vessel of honor, vessel used for God. At your university, can you tell us about one student that for some reason sticks out to you, either current or alumni, that you think has been living that life as a vessel of honor, and what does that look like in, in, your, in your country? Well, we have graduated many students. Um, uh, one student in particular whom I can really I admire uh, it's a theology graduate. When he graduated, um, he started a church. And not only did he start a church, he started a community school. And his name is Emil. And now he is ministering to 360 orphans, feeding them, helping them, and schooling them. And I look at his life. He is a vessel of honor. He has given himself to serving these kids. He doesn't have much. And yet, he has so much in God's sight. He's a vessel of honor. Um, you brag, I bragged about you. Now it's your turn to brag about your wife, Doreen. What's one thing you would tell us about Doreen that we wouldn't know that is so impressive about her? 
<laughs> See, I say this because when I'm with Moffat, he's always bragging about Doreen. So I figured you get to hear some of the bragging, and so does she. Well, um, it won't be just one thing. It's loaded. Uh, Doreen, she's my partner. In the truest sense, uh, someone I work with, uh, someone I have every confidence that what God has called us to do, there is a partner. The other thing is I, I have someone who is smart, who is an academician, someone who knows how to ground people, ground them in the Lord. So, as every successful person does, there's someone, there's a partner. So, he makes me look good. He does all the work. So, I, ha- I am bragging about her because of the love she has for me and for my God and uh, her hard work. Okay, here's a question from someone. Can you be honorable and still take liberties in Christ, even if sometimes those liberties lead to sin? Can you be honorable and still take liberties in Christ, even if sometimes those liberties lead to sin? I don't think you can be honorable. And you quite well know that there are certain liberties which will lead you to sin. Once you know that these things will lead me to sin, I think it's a good place to be. Avoid that path. You know, being honorable is being set apart, being useful for our master, being prepared to do good work, and avoiding every evil along the way. If we find ourselves in the situation where life is messed up, we can call on him. And that's a secret, is that those who find themselves there, they are not religiously following those liberties. Because we know liberty is freedom. When you have freedom, you know, Paul tells us in Galatians 5 verse 1, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Not to be under the yoke of slavery of sin. In other words, he sets us free from that yoke which we gravitate towards. So, let's go back to the freedom of Christ. Not the freedom the way the world defines it. God has a definition for freedom. And I'll add something to that um, because I was thinking of Romans and I was always think, thinking of someone that I was talking with. Remember how we define sin. Sin is, is missing the mark. And when you miss the mark, what that means is there's going to be destruction because God gives us guidance to create life. And when we go off of that, then it takes away life. And so when we talk about liberties, as it says in Romans, when Paul was talking to the church in Rome, he said, if you're going to take steps that destroy life, then don't take those steps. Um, 
Because even though you have freedom, you don't have freedom to cause death. So, uh, here's a good question. Was it easy to follow God's call to start the university? Or did you struggle because it appeared there was so much working against you? It wasn't easy. Anything which comes on a silver platter, you have to question. You know, you Americans here, business people, you know, you like to break things so that you can make sure that you know that it's working. There were moments when we doubted. But you come to that place of doubt because you have sold yourself, your whole self to him. And you come to a place and say, it's you, Lord. So challenges were there. But God continued to help us. So we hung on to God tightly. It was God, nothing else. Okay. And here's uh, your final question. Uh, I am hanging on your words. Quote, cleanse yourself from that which is dishonor. So this person is hanging on what you said. Cleanse yourself from that which is dishonor. But their question is, How? So how do they cleanse their self from that which is dishonor? Read the word of God every day. I get an example. If you watch TV every day, Hollywood will give you the lifestyle. Whatever you put in your head every day, it will be a guide for you. If you read the word of God, if you pray, if you serve, that's cleansing ourselves. And put your focus on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. The more you do that, the more you see a lifestyle, a culture from Scripture who emerge. And to add to that, I'll take your words. Um, when he talked about anything that's presented to you on a silver platter, you should beware. And in the same way, to cleanse yourself from that which is dishonor, um, it will not be easy. It will be difficult. Um, but it will be good. So, one final question for me. Um, you're a huge Liverpool fan. It's pretty much your life. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's the English Premier League. They don't care about baseball or football or basketball or our stuff. It's all about soccer. And so every Sunday, this is the only time he takes off, okay? I, I've talked to him about this a lot. Like, what days are you taking off? And he doesn't take any time off, except on Sunday afternoons, he gives himself a few hours to watch Liverpool play soccer. So my question is, if you were to choose one sport in the United States, if you had to choose a sport and a team, what sport and what team would it be? And why? <laughs> the important questions here. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, one sport. <laughs> you know, I like basketball. Uh, professional. Uh, I think I gravitated towards Lakers, so. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the spirit was moving in here. I didn't know where you were going to go with that, so it was a little bit scary for me. Uh, for college, uh, I choose whoever wins. 
<laughs> Let me pray for you mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll let the worship team lead us from there. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for Moffat and for Doreen. And uh, this Sunday afternoon, may you give them a time of rest. I know how hard they've been working while they've been here. I know how hard they work when they go back home. Father, may you hold their arms up like you did for Moses. May you energize them and strengthen them and remind them of the call that you gave them and remind them that you are the one that is carrying it through. We ask that you would bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.